My music has a lot to do with uh, watercolors. In fact, I live in front of the sea. I have always had my, my ocean in front of me uh, since wow. I was born. That's internationally renowned Cuban pianist and composer Aldo Lopez Gavilan. He's the opening performer on this season's signature series concerts with the Oracle Piano Society. Also joining us is the founder and executive director of Oracle Piano Society, Dr. Stephen Cook. I'm Melissa Green. Welcome to another episode of Heart of the Arts. Thank you for joining us on Heart of the Arts, as cheesy as that sounds. We do do bring in people who are at the heart of the arts. And uh, we have Stephen Cook here, who is the artistic director of Oracle Piano Society here in Arizona. And this signature series is really starting off with something special. Aldo Lopez Gavilan, the first guest artist, is really just going to fit in so well with this community and the vibe that's happening right now. So congrats on all of your guys' success so far. Stephen, can you tell us, first tell us about your uh, professional trajectory. And I know you've been on before. It's been a while. You're actually a a former staff member of KBOC, which is super cool. But I want to know about your professional trajectory and, you know, how everything kind of led up to now. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. And uh, yes, I'm a pianist primarily. That's what I've studied and uh, have uh, I'm a performer. Uh, but I was always uh, interested in what can the pianist do outside of the practice room uh, mm. to kind of reach a broader audience. Yeah. And so uh, after completing my doctorate at ASU, um, studying with Robert Hamilton, I founded the uh, Oracle Piano Society that was back in 2012. Wow. And uh, we've been going for 11 years. Uh, it's a very gratifying thing because uh, Oracle is this eclectic small town in in. Uh, southern Arizona, and uh, it's a very unique place, uh, wonderful people there, um, and I feel like that's part of the reason that we've lasted so long. It's the the members of the community are so creative and uh, supportive of the arts, uh, but we have, uh, uh, we were able to establish a, a concert center, the Oracle Center for the Arts, which was an old uh, Masonic temple that we converted. We present a uh, whole season of uh, of concerts every year. World-class performers come, like Aldo, people who don't normally come to small rural towns. And, yeah. uh, and uh, we, uh, uh, you know, we even survived the pandemic by doing outdoor drive-in concerts, uh, which was a lot of fun. We even... Is that like a drive-in movie? Yeah, exactly. So the first <laughs> uh, concert we did of that season was right at the heart of the pandemic. And uh, I worked with composer Christopher Norby, uh, who uh, arranged old 1950s uh, movies, film scores of Bernard Herrmann and others. Oh, so we started fun. with Psycho, <laughs> which was appropriate for the time. And <laughs> we had a, we had projections on the back wall of our art center. Oh, and cool. we had to play on, you know, electric pianos, which I, I'm not particularly fond of. I even kind of overplayed and hurt my thumb but oh <laughs> but, did you but it recovered but anyway it was a lot of fun to to figure out ways that we could continue presenting concerts during that time safely and we had a whole season uh we it was really really amazing in addition to our concert series we have uh, a chamber music festival which happens every january um that brings 32 students about from around the the country uh, college students adult amateurs and uh, young 
uh, youth. Uh, we have three awesome. divisions. And we have a conservatory, which we're, uh, we also started during the pandemic, um, and that uh, provides free lessons for those students in the rural area there. And so wow. we had, at the height, we had eight students were expanding uh, now, but we have a lot of opportunities to help that community have access to music, classical music. And in addition, we have an art gallery and a, a community choir and wow. a, a community concert series. So we have a full set of things going on there. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I love everything, you know, your mission and everything about this. You're bringing in, um, you know, these young artists. Can you mention briefly, I don't want to mess up the name, the r- most recent Van Clyburn winner? Uh, so, well, we're bringing Dimitro Choni uh, is mm-hmm. coming. Uh, we also had Anna Genyashena last season. So the two second and third prize winners of the Van Clyburn, the 16th Van Clyburn competition. Um, and uh, that was, uh, again, a big, big deal for a small rural community. Totally. So Dimitro's coming back. Um, he'll be uh, March 17th. He'll be coming to perform for us again. He's a Ukrainian pianist who uh, won a third place in the Van Clyburn competition. Oh, wow. So I wanted to, Aldo, ask you and Stephen kind of a similar question about providing music to kids in areas, cities, towns that don't have access to it. It's just like, oh, it makes you so sad to just think about it at first. But Aldo, you were a recipient at one point, probably early on in your career, of this uh, UNICEF award. How did that kind of impact your career and how you moved your career forward? Right. Um, well, it, actually, that was my very first international debut. So it wow. was, in fact, a very big change in my career. So you can imagine that was my first impression of the world outside my <laughs> my country, oh, wow. which is a tiny island in the Caribbean, Cuba. Mm. And at that time, when I was only 11, uh, I didn't have any uh, major travels, only, you know, around the city or, or maybe, you know, a vacation nearby next province or something like that. So it was a, a, an, an amazing experience. And uh, I got to meet a lot of, of kids, friends. We, we you know, we, we did good relationship at that time. It was an entire week, uh, you know, playing around mm-hmm. with children of the whole world. People literally from the whole world, you know, mm-hmm. from Asia, from Europe, from Africa, from America. Wow. Um, um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, from there... I had a lot of um, TV shows, radio shows back in Cuba, and uh, you know, people started noticing my, you know, my first steps in my musical career. Yeah, and you've basically performed all over the world at this point. And one of the highlights, of, I mean, there are many in your bio. I guess I can't say what the highlights are, but Claudio Abado had invited you to perform in Venezuela. Is that correct? With the symphonies and performing music? That is correct. So Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Can you tell us about how that interaction, how those kind of things go down when someone of such stature reaches out or requests you? Well, the first um, feeling is uh, being very afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, honest, but um, true. Well, I had the, the opportunity to meet Abado in Havana when he first came with the Mahler Youth Orchestra. 
from mm -hmm. Europe. At that time, we had a, a big concert also in the Havana, where I played as a soloist, one of my pieces for piano and orchestra. And uh, my father was conducting. And also my brother was on stage playing violin at some point in that night. Oh, um, yeah, because he's in the so, Harlem Quartet. I'm familiar with them. Mm -hmm, you're just, you're uh, from a family of musicians. Yes, I <laughs> yes, I have to say that. They, That's awesome. <laughs> the entire family... I mean, I don't, I don't know a single uh, relative that is not either uh, professionally involved with music or he or she played at some point any instrument. Wow. So yeah, but from my grandparents to nowadays, my close family are totally uh, professional musicians, and including, of course, my older brother Ilmar, who is the first violin in the Harlem Quartet nowadays. But coming back to Obato that night was a, a very amazing experience because we would never imagine that in the audience would be such a personality like uh, Claudio. Mm. And uh, even better, when we finished the concert, he personally wanted to say hi and he went backstage and, and meet the whole family. Aww. So that was the very first experience I had with Abato. As you can imagine, a wonderful person, a great human being with a, you know, a big spirit and so much good positivity and uh, great energy, great yeah, vibe. Of course. So after he heard me played, Mm -hmm. uh, and and met me and knew that I was composer as well. He next invited me to to be part of his um, 250th anniversary of a Mozart's. I I want to say birth too because I prefer that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, it was a big a big anniversary of Mozart's um, life, and um, they were putting together a set of concerts with. Mozart's music, Mozart concertos, etc. I didn't know a thing about it until I got this phone call and they say, "How are how are you? You know that week of 2000. I have to say that was 2008 or 2007." And I say, "Well, why?" <laughs> <laughs> right. You. That's awesome that he like kind of called you out of the blue, right? Well, this call wasn't him personally. Somebody else from Venezuela, from Cuba, called me to find out if I was willing to go to Caracas for being a performer with Claudio Abado and the youth, um, Venezuelan Youth Orchestra. And of course, I was so scared. I mean, I never imagined that I could ever have such a, an invitation so the only thing i could think of it was um my because this was in like what in like three weeks time i didn't have time to learn a new piece wow. it was impossible to i mean at this lay uh, at this level so i yeah, you pull something fortunately out. enough had a Mozart piano concerto by that that i played when I was very little, and I have practiced um, when I was uh, maybe, I don't know, 12 or something like that. It was my very first piano concerto with an orchestra, and I performed it with the Matanza Symphony. Mm. I was a kid. So <laughs> I said, well, great thing. I, ha I, I have uh, at least heard or played at some point this, this piano concerto, which is beautiful, by the way. It's a number 13 C major 
Mozart's piano concerto. Um, very rare uh, structure, especially the third last movement is changing times all the time, come back to Adagio and then another rondo. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, but of course, I didn't know that when I was a kid. I just played it and that's it. But I got the opportunity to revise everything and then and, and put it in my fingers back again and now it's one of my favorite pieces ever mm. so yeah that was amazing that was uh, totally a, a shock but then once i started having meetings with abato and rehearsing with that amazing orchestra i felt i felt great and i learned so much and actually i played very well awesome. <laughs> one of the best time i've ever played <laughs> Having to kind of jump in at the last minute like that, it kind of takes me back to a question I wanted to ask both of you as professional performers and educators. I honestly also thought of this too after listening to some of your piano music. How much do you teach improvisation to young pianists? How important is that, Stephen? That's you? a great question. It's it's used to be integral to classical piano, as you know, and or just classical music in general, and uh, it died away a little bit. Um, I've been encouraging my students to, to follow, review that path. We actually had a, a specialist in classical improvisation speak at our um, chamber music festival several years back, John Mortensen, okay. and he's written two books. One is on improvising the fugue, and the other is uh, uh, it's called the artist's uh, pianist guide to historic improvisation. Oh, cool. But uh, it's, he has great methods uh, there that uh, are based on how the old composers like Beethoven and Mozart would have been taught and experienced. Mm. Uh, so it's th there's an interest there in uh, in reviving that uh, tradition, and I think it makes a whole lot of sense because pianists compose well for the piano when they compose, and so I think they should yeah. be composing more. <laughs> yeah. Aldo, how much was improv? part of your education, if at all? I have to say uh, none. Mm -hmm. in, back in my time when I was um, a kid studying music, in Cuba was uh, not very uh, focused on, on that in part of the educational programs for music students. So basically what you get in the music schools uh, is pretty much the same as everywhere, like academic yeah. stuff with your... Uh, scores, your styles, your all kind of Western Europe uh, music from history, right? Yes. To nowadays, of course. Mm -hmm. And some of concert music from Cuba too. But we never got this training of improvising or getting outside the square of academic Western music. So for me, it was totally natural, spontaneous, uh, on my own, mm. uh, by listening to many musicians that I liked or the music I was uh, surrounded by. So it was pretty much uh, self-taught. I mean, yeah. my very first steps mm. in music was basically improvising. I mean, I was a kid, but uh, that's how you start. Pretty much everyone starts improvising when they get an instrument. Yeah. So who are some of uh, your biggest influences just throughout your well, whole life? Yeah, well, it's been changing all along. And um, mm -hmm. I have to mention, for instance, um, the Iraquere band from Trucho Valdez in, back in Cuba in the times where they played in the 
jazz plaza festivals in the 80s. Uh, Synthesis, a very amazing band, rock, Afro-Cuban rock band. They were the first and pretty much the only only guys at that time that did this amazing fusion uh, between rock music and the Afro-Cuban Orichas chants, which is uh, an, an, an extraordinary combination. By the way, they just won a Grammy last year, Latin Grammy. Oh, cool. Uh, I was a kid when I used to listen to them uh, performing live in my nearby stadium when I was uh, <laughs> living in, in, in my apartment. So I could listen to the concert. And I, in fact, um, coming back to my very first experience in the UNICEF when you were mentioning, mm-hmm. um, what I did there was actually one of my own interpretations, improvisations from that music, this kind of music that I used to uh, listen to from this band that's from the you know the 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 cuban side when i was uh very young and then of course i discovered the great uh the great masters of uh jazz like uh duke Ellington, oscar peterson and um later on of course uh my great idol keith jarrett and uh, the, the one of the more influential uh, bands in my life from um, from America is uh, Pat Matheny band, Pat Matheny oh, group. Oh, cool! With, with Lyle Mays, uh, these are actually the strongest, uh, you know, musical influences I have oh. in my in my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. But of course, the list is uh, endless. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I have a few questions to ask you on top of that. But I wanted to ask Stephen, since we here at KBAC are playing more music from like Latin America because it's Hispanic Latin American Heritage Month. So Stephen, how, when were you introduced to Cuban? Latin American music was that part of your education because as a classical guitarist I mean that was just outside of baroque you know it was romantic music from Spain 19th century and then really cool music from South America and Cuba you know because I also wanted to ask how you two connected I know that this takes a year at least in advance of planning but yeah sure yeah no I mean with uh, I I love Latin music and uh it wasn't part of my uh, direct training, although there are masterpieces of piano repertoire that uh, come from many composers. Uh, you know, uh, Enrique Granados, uh, Itzhak Albeniz, uh, mm-hmm. and um, Le- Ernesto Lacuña, a Cuban. Uh, uh, I love the rhythmic elements. I love the color of the music and energy. You know, uh, but as far as um, how uh, Aldo and I connected, it was uh, through. Uh, a, a chain of individuals. Okay. So uh, we had a, a wonderful uh, audience member who's uh, just moved out of town, but Jim Walsh, uh, he was a former state uh, political figure, but he uh, he connected uh, me with Neil Birnbaum, who's the director of Cuba Rhythm and Views. Mm-hmm. And th- this is an organization that Oracle Piano Society partnered with. So okay. w- we've actually arranged an excursion for our supporters to Cuba. So in March, uh, we're going there. There are actually still spots available on that trip. If people Ooh. are interested, we have it on our website. I'm super interested. Okay, <laughs> you should come. <laughs> but it's kind of like at the top of my list. I just, you know, watching Anthony Bourdain experience the culture, yeah. the the cars, the food. Right. Yeah. Well, this cool. is uh, going to be a once in a lifetime trip because Aldo will be the host. <laughs> He's going to oh, be fun. one of the. Wow. And we have uh, we have multiple every day. There's a performance or. Um, you know, there are uh, either private concerts, we get uh, see dancers, uh, musicians, uh, 
uh, all types of there's you know a, a great vibrant culture in Cuba yeah and so we get to experience that but anyway that's how I connected uh, with Aldo I started talking with Neil and and he uh, you know mentioned that he could bring Aldo and so I said well let's make it happen and uh, so that's how he's he's coming and <laughs> we're thrilled yeah. it's a big it's... deal for for uh, this small town to have someone like him and we're making the most of it because not only do we have the concert but we have a, a private dinner reception which is also tickets are still available for if people want to do that it's directly follows the concert okay. and then on the, the day after that the uh, outreach program educational outreach program so all those coming to a local high school or it's, it's a K through 12 school in Mammoth San Manuel, which is uh, uh, a place that doesn't have any music education right now. They, they don't have a music teacher at the school. There's no orchestra. There's no band. There's nothing. We're, tr- wow. we're working. We've kind of targeted that our area because it's our neighboring community, and uh, we want to pr- to get students. In a, we have one already enrolled from that neighborhood in the in the conservatory, so he, he's cool. getting lessons and he'll be participating in the other thing that we're doing with Aldo, which is the master class that's happening at 3 p.m. on the same day on Monday, October 2nd. And so we have students from the conservatory, the Oracle Conservatory, and also from Arizona State University and the University of Arizona, Scottsdale Community College and Mesa Community College participating in that master class. Wow. And Aldo was very generous to allow me to schedule two of these big events that he's, he's doing an assembly at the school in the morning at Aww. 9.30 a.m. For, yeah. for elementary school kids. Cool. <laughs> and then That's he'll be doing awesome. at 3 o'clock the, uh, the master class. Oh, <laughs> it's like the greatest thing about classical musicians. They're always trying to give back to these communities just to be like, I don't want you to miss out on this. I didn't really know what I was. I came from a folk music background. So getting into classical guitar, I didn't you know, know what was totally ahead of me. But it leads me to my next question. Although I love Stephen gave me a, a little intro to it. And I love the piece he sent me. It's um, Epilogo. Is that? How yeah. did I pronounce that right? Um, so <laughs> it's <laughs> pronunciation. Yes, it instantly reminded me of Leo Brower's music. He's from Cuba. He's probably twice your age now. He's like eighty, but he's a living composer and writes a lot for guitar. Are you familiar? Yes, of course. I, I figured. Yes. So um, one thing I, again, yeah, your your pieces are so dreamy, and and Stephen was talking just about the the color of the music over in Cuba. Can you explain some of those colors and some of those origins that are specific to Cuban music? I may be totally missing the mark, but it just kind of puts me in like this watercolor painting, and I just wanted your take. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I mean, in my case. My music has a lot to do with uh, watercolors. In fact, I live in front of the sea, in front of the ocean. Mm, yeah. So I have always have had my uh, my ocean in front of me uh, since wow. I was born. And um, uh, I I would I want to say that these really have uh, made my spirit and my personality in a different way, maybe comparing to other people that don't have the sea in front of it every day mm. and um i try to transmit that not on, not consciously and probably unconsciously but um i'm i'm proud of it i'm proud of that uh, element of uh, water and, and the color not only the 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 color but uh you know the, the everything you know 
the smell, the breeze, the sound, all that liquid power. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that... the breeze. There's so... there's a different breeze in in. The... So in fact, my music is very uh, influenced by those elements. And um, yeah, coming back to Leo Brower, of course I know Leo Brower. <laughs> we have actually worked together. Cool. Uh, I figured. I just years ago. <laughs> Although his main uh, music is not on, not, it's not for piano specifically, mm -hmm. especially for guitar and orchestra strings and all kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, he has uh, pieces for piano that I used to play when I was um, a very little kid in, in in the elementary music school. Were they his somehow ages? that color? Is, is there too in my compositions. Yeah, it's almost, and I brought up improvisation earlier because like Leo Broward's simple etudes, they don't really have like a tempo marking. They don't have dynamics listed in the music. And I was wondering, I loved playing those simple etudes because again, I could make them my own. But like some of those pieces in like your piano music, it almost sounds like it it is just improvised like a breeze or a wave coming in <laughs> right right so in the specific case of epilogo which is the piece we probably will uh, hear mm -hmm. um this is more influenced by the trovadors uh, from the nueva trova era Okay. In the early 70s, 60s. Pablo Milanes, I don't know if you know this name, and Silvio Rodriguez, which are huge figures of uh, Cuba. Not only for their music, for their songs, but also because of their uh, impact in societies in Latin America uh, back then. And um, their songs are amazingly beautiful. They have wonderful lyrics and they have wonderful melodies, all influenced by um, the old troubadours from the, I don't know, I want to say 40s, 40s, even 30s okay. and 1930s. Um, mm. This kind of music is very melodic, very romantic. It's all, m most of them are about love and, uh, you know, love declarations. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this piece, Epilogo, has a lot of those harmonic changes, uh, like a tribute to this kind of music. But of course, also has the rhythmic element, which is more Afro-Cuban. And um, you get the mixture of all of these elements in one structured piece. mentioned that Epilogo was the song that Joshua Bell chose for inviting the Havana Chamber Orchestra and I to perform at Lincoln Center a few years ago. And there is a, the whole concert is uh, was broadcasted by PBS. It's called uh, Night in Havana. Oh, cool. So yeah, that was another name that Stephen mentioned, Joshua Bell. Yeah. How, Stephen, how would you add on to what he is describing as that sound? Obviously, he's the expert. But again, this is just how my brain works. Was Bach and Baroque music important in your education and writing music? We just uh, also watched, I forgot to mention, we had a, an official screening of Los Hermanos, uh, which was the film featuring Aldo and his brother Ilmar mm. telling the story of, uh, of how the, you know, 
relations between the two countries have impeded their ability to play together and even uh, they didn't get to grow up together. Wow. Uh, I know there was a special hmm. screening, but are we able to see that? It's, anywhere? I believe, uh, well, I, you probably all would know, but I know you, I think you can rent for digital okay. screening. I think you can watch it okay, on, cool. online. Yeah. Continue. No, it's a beautiful <laughs> film and yes. very, very inspiring. There were tears, you know, in the hall. But I think his brother described his music, which I thought was very, very appropriate as being, there was an innocence to the melody. And he, it was a very kind of moving scene. His brother talks about how when Aldo was a child, he sent a recording, a tape recording to his brother, recorded on his piano at home and and he could hear the sound of the sea and the the uh, piano slightly out of tune and it made him think of home and and he was yeah it was so I, I thought oh, cool. you know there's a really there's a real glowing positive a feeling of positivity when you listen to his music and it's very touching I think it is I just have to ask because even like the 25 year old I had the winner of the Sphinx competition on last year and he was 25 so he's like yeah Bach is the goat Still the greatest of all time. So how much did Bach play into your ability to compose? I'm not a composer per se, but I, as a pianist, uh, it's, it's essential. You know, his music is essential to, uh, to study uh, because uh, it's the most rigorous uh, of music in terms of managing multiple voices at once. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I like to think of pianists as conductors who just have to play all the notes themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it develops your ability to orchestrate at the, the instrument. You think of each voice as a different instrument, and you have to give each line a different personality as if there were, you know, if it's a five-voice fugue, five different people in the room playing. Yeah. So... Uh, I think, and that's useful in any any music because there's always some element of counterpoint, even if you step away from, you know, the the goat, you know, Bach, <laughs> yeah. who is, I think, you know, the, it's it's mind blowing what he was able to accomplish. But I always think of his quote uh, that he said, "The only reason I can do this and others can is because I work harder than everybody else." Right. That was an interesting quote. Yeah. I, I don't know he, if that's entirely true, but it's it well, makes you think. Well, he pretty much taught his whole life too, right? Yeah, he was a hard worker. He had many goes, children, and I yeah. know it's like, gosh, he was like busy up until his last days. Yeah. Um, Aldo has did he have a big impact on your approach to composition? Well, of course. Did? I mean, I don't know any musician in the world, <laughs> well, at least that is the, the um, in, in the classical world, that is not inspired or influenced by Bach. I, as, as you all mentioned before, he's, he's the milestone of music. He's like the base. You know, I, I don't try to be uh, a Baroque person at all. In my compositions, there's a lot of polyphony and I have played a lot of Bach too. In fact, I have recorded his um, partitas. Also, I get to understand the nature of, of improvisation in some of his work. There's something about it that, that is beyond uh, explanation. It's a very spiritual, yet very thoughtful and structured. Can you tell us how you organized your upcoming program that's coming up on October 1st? Once I found out that we were going to have Aldo coming, that was a big deal. So we did all we could to to make it known that uh, that he'll be there. Uh, so the, the film screening is one of our first um, official film screening. We've shown films at the center, but we're working, we worked with Patchwork Film who produced the uh, film to put wow. this on. Yeah, on, on the 
August, we have our the launch of our signature series, which is our primary concert series. We have 10 concerts uh, per season. And so this is a great way to start the season with Aldo. His concert takes place at 3 p.m. at Oracle Center for the Arts. It's If anybody's been there, it's a, it's a very intimate venue. You don't feel like you're separated from the performer. And also from a performer's perspective, I've always heard that people love to play there. The energy from the audience is so nice and uh, they really respond to the music well and uh, are, are just enthusiastic. So it's, it's a great place to experience uh, music. We have about 150 seats, I think, that, that are in the, the hall. Ooh, so it's a smaller venue. Intimate. But, I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he'll be doing that. And then uh, the dinner following will be with the Patio Cafe, which is the local restaurant. It's a great uh, spot. They're doing a four course meal uh, with wine and it's Cuban inspired. It'll be outdoors uh, if the weather nice. is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it'll be perfect. Yeah. Hoping for no rain. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I know. It's yeah. been cloudy. But uh, if, if it does rain, we'll adjust and move in inside, but hopefully not. And uh, then the, the following day, our outreach programs, which we're expanding now, uh, that's one of our big efforts, meet the need of the community that we're serving there with education. Uh, so we're trying to, uh, we want to have master classes. Yes. Uh, it's, it's part of the curriculum of the conservatory. So the conservatory uh, features weekly lessons that are free, and then the students also get master classes from world-renowned performing artists every other yeah. month and then they mm-hmm. attend the chamber music festival so it ties in with that effort to to expand uh, our conservatory there and uh, it's, it's going to be a huge uh, huge deal for, for oracle wow congrats aldo what can you what other teasers can you give us about uh the performance on october 1st well actually i have to add that it's a very very special day for performing for us for me at least Okay. Because I don't know if you are aware that the first of October is the International Day of Music. Oh, no. I'm Great. sure someone's told me. And to add to that is actually my anniversary with my wife. That was the very first day we dated when we were almost kids. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> kids as in how how young were you when you started dating? Um, probably 16 or something like that. Oh, wow. Childhood sweethearts. At high school. Uh, it's it's a very special day. Is she going to be there? I don't think so. No, she's back in Havana with our daughters, Diana and Andrea, which are also in the music um, conservatory where we studied before. Actually, where we started dating was in that high school, same same high school, same music conservatory, which is high school, but it's a music conservatory, Amaorna, a historical place in Havana. So for that, I I don't know. I think I'm going to be playing the music uh, of my latest piano solo album recorded in in Toulouse, France, uh, with this label, Spiritu de Piano, is a foundation of um, piano recitals, a great, great festival there. The title of the album is Playgrounds, and, and you can have some idea of the music is in there by going to my website, www.aldomusica.com. Okay. And uh, mainly is my music inspired on all of these elements we've been talking about. The titles of songs are Amazonas, inspires in the jungles of Amazonas. Mm. Um, Bonjour Diana, as I mentioned before, that's a very special song for my wife. Aww. So it's a 
perfect day for performing it. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, congrats. I love how it's so curated to this specific moment in time. And congrats again on the documentary film that, as I was looking online, it also uh, premiered at the Omaha Film Festival, which I used to be a part of. Omaha's my hometown here in the States. So nice. I saw right. that it yeah. premiered there, and I am definitely going to rent that online this weekend before the performance. Because Yes, love actually, I was um, searching for it, too, and I it showed up in Prime. So oh, it's, it's available in Prime. Cool. All right. So where else can our listeners follow you? I know you gave your website or do you do social media? Biz I do, you... although I'm not quite good at it, but <laughs> I do have a website. I have a, my website, but I have a Facebook page and uh, you can come and contact me there. I also have uh, an Instagram, which I don't use very much, but uh, is there. Not sometimes I, <laughs> I get promotion, in there. Yeah. Uh, have you been to Arizona before? I know you've worked with the Phoenix Symphonies, right? Or someone here. Yes, I've been there a couple of times, I want to say. Are you and Stephen going to uh, meet up? Are you looking forward to anything here in the, the Valley? I'll be his chauffeur, so <laughs> I'll be driving him nice. around. Yeah. Great, That's... great. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. I love the cactuses. The yes, big ones. The saguaros, they're only in Arizona. Uh huh. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us here at KBOC. I look forward to the show and hopefully hearing more from you and Stephen and Oracle in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great pleasure. I can't wait. Thank you for having me. That's world-renowned Cuban pianist and composer Aldo Lopez Gavilan. He's the first guest artist on this season's Signature Series Concerts with the Oracle Piano Society. Aldo opens the series this Sunday, October 1st at 3 p.m. You also heard their founder, Stephen Cook, who is also performing a solo recital this spring. You can find tickets and more information by heading to oraclepianosociety.org or Aldo Musica A. L-D-O-M-U-S-I-C-A dot com. I'm Melissa Green for KBOX Heart of the Arts.